Perhaps the most controversial topic of discussion in our day revolves around truth. Opinions often blur the lines of an objective truth. Streaming platforms, social media, and other mediums allow individuals to project their truths upon the masses like never before. In the midst of woke, cancel culture, religious freedoms, political liberties, social injustice, we attempt to search for and reveal the truth. This is Truth Revival. All right, all right. We are back again. My name is Roman Hamilton. With me today is Paul Chapman. And we have our guest. He, his name is Anthony Cole. Anthony Cole. Now, Anthony, Paul said that you guys have a history, have a past. Would you like to share how you and Paul came to be friends or how y'all met? Well, we went to high school together. <laughs> Long time ago. Long time. <laughs> You're making me feel old. I know. I know. Me too. <laughs> so a bear alumni. Is that what you're saying? And then just share your journey with us. You know, what happened after high school? Well, um, during high school, the Lord saved me. And, uh, well, before high school, I saved at the age of 10. But God called me to preach at 15 and uh, preaching for many years there before God called us to pastor and uh, Believe it or not, this June will be 30 years of preaching. Wow. 30 years. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. 30 yeah. years of faithfulness. And uh, I guess about 12 years of pastoring. Yeah. Yeah. Going through the years. So, yeah. The Lord's led us a long way. We've been uh, we've been to Wyoming and uh, done some mission work there and as a mission pastor uh, on the Indian Reservation. And now we've been back for maybe about six years. And so maybe a little longer than that. It's about... I'm losing time. It's probably eight years. <laughs> so I've always wanted to go out to the Indian res- reservations and minister. Tell me, tell me a little bit about what that is like. Uh, it's uh, it's different. Uh, far as the Wyoming that area, it's almost like going twenty years in the past. Uh, they're probably twenty years behind wow. us. You know, where we're worrying about locking our doors, they don't care much about all that. <laughs> <laughs> My yeah. kind of living. Yeah, your kind of living. You know. Uh, you go on the streets, and the kids are still going in and out of the shops, and nobody pays no attention to them. You know, it, I know there's high crime rate on the reservation, but yet, you know, it seems like they're still oh, wow. behind us away on some things. So, how cool is that? So, where are you pastoring at nowadays? Uh, we're at Teleco Avenue there in Athens, Tennessee. Well, our topic today is going to be out of John chapter seventeen, verse number seventeen. And the title of our podcast being Truth Revival, we are constantly searching for truth. And Paul, I'm going to let you read this passage. John 17, 17 says, Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. And sanctify means to set apart and or to declare as holy. And I remember the first time I ever really knew who Anthony was, we were in, we were in the the lunchroom it's was the high school but now it's a junior high and i'll never forget it man i was living like well yeah i was living rough but anyway anthony would you say paul is the cool kid <laughs> I, really, I really didn't know paul that well no we Damn. didn't know each other oh, okay but but what i remember we were in the lunchroom area and the next thing i know this guy slides a chair and he gets in it and he starts preaching the gospel in high school and I mean, he is standing in that chair and he is letting the word roar. And I'm thinking, 
man, who is this guy? I'm living like crap. And I'm like, he has no fear. <laughs> he has no fear. And and here's the thing. I was, I was at that time I was raised. I went every Sunday, but I didn't have a life surrendered. And he's pretty, and I'm thinking, man, this dude's bold, you know, and I, and I get convicted because the Lord, he, he pursued me during that time of my life. And I just ran, mm. ran and ran and ran. And, uh, he just had a boldness about him and the Lord was, was all over him in that moment. And any man that has the boldness to stand amongst his peers and proclaim the Lord in that time in his life has a true calling on his life. Bottom line. There's, there's no question about it. And I remember we work together now. I remember coming down the alley and, and my business partner told me he had a guy coming and he told me his name and I didn't even, I, I, it didn't even register to me. And then when I saw him, that vision of that day came back to me and I was like, thank God we got a man with boldness and a man with integrity that's going to represent who we are. So for that, man, I appreciate it. You're welcome. But not just boldness, but also longevity. 30 years in the ministry, that is yes. incredible. Faithful, faithful. And that's one of my desires is to be found faithful to the Lord. So John chapter 17, sanctify them through truth. Your word is truth. Anthony, if you just want to share your heart over there, what are you thinking about this passage? When you think about uh, truth, it, Pilate asked the question of Jesus when he brought him in and they were questioning him, you know, and he said, I find no fault in him. And uh, he comes to Jesus and says, what is truth? And uh, I think it's been a question since the very beginning uh, uh, in the garden when uh, the devil come to Eve and she he began to question her, what is truth? Because, you know, God said this, but did he really say what he said? He said, did God say? Yeah. He cast a little <laughs> bit just of doubt. Yep. Just a little bit yep. of doubt on the truth. And we're living in a day where a lot of people are uh, don't believe in absolute truth. My truth is just as good as your truth, and there's a blurring of the black and white. We're, we're looking more of a gray area <laughs> in life. You know, we're pushed toward uh, uh, blurring identities. Uh, we kind of talked about that oh, yesterday. Crazy, yeah. 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 Work, you know, so... Uh, we're we're living in that day where where people are looking for truth. I believe they are. Uh, they just don't know where to find it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. And um, you know, he was praying for his disciples right here mm -hmm. in this passage. Those that actually were with him and present and followed him. He's praying that hey, in my absence in the flesh, that that you will keep them, Father. And and three things that, that jumped out of me in that little passage there, Anthony. Number one, they kept they kept his word. It's what he, he, when he's talking to, to God, he said, Hey, these guys have kept your word. They've received the word and they've come to know the truth. And that truth is you. They believe that you sent me. So I'm praying for them because, and, and the fact that he prayed for them and they lived out who they were, you know, apart from him, even, even with him and apart from him, they lived it out because they lived that out and they believed that truth, that solid truth. We have salvation today. We're living off of their witness and off of their testimony. You know, so um, it's unbelievable that he knew that they were okay. He, he says, I kept them while I was with them. Now I'm asking you to keep them in my absence. I found something kind of strange about us as Christians, and I get it, you know, because as believers, there's a, a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. And when we think about dying and getting an upgrade, that's what heaven is. 
Heaven is the most fantastic upgrade that we could ever imagine. The Bible says, eye has not seen, ear has not heard. It hasn't even entered into the hearts of man what God has prepared for them that love him. A glorified body, no more suffering, no more pain in the presence of the Lord. And there shall we ever be reunited with family and friends. What a day that's going to be. But in church, we sing a lot of songs about about heaven. And, you know, I guess a lot of songs about dying. (laughs) You know, Jesus did not tell his disciples to only focus on the eternal aspect of our salvation. I think so many times we lose sight of what is important as disciples of Jesus Christ. We've not just been saved to only focus on heaven. Look at what he says in verse 15. I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that you would keep them from evil. And there's a parallel passage where Jesus says, be ye in the world, but not of of the world. And so guys, when we get saved, we shouldn't view that as this protection around us where we're never going to experience suffering, heartache, or pain. Somehow we have misinterpreted God's word Mm -hmm. to make people think, well, when you get saved, you're never going to have any more problems. You're never going to have any more pains or you're never going to have any more troubles. That is not true. And Jesus is not praying for God to take away all of our problems. I pray not that you would keep them out of the world, but that you would keep them from evil, that God would obviously be a, his word would be a lamp into our feet, a light into our path. that we will be able to navigate this world and overcome the temptations of this world and that he would sanctify us. That word sanctify means to be set apart. Yes. Yep. That he would sanctify us, cleanse us, and wash us through truth. That passage in Psalms 119 that that you just referenced, in verse 107 it says, I'm severely afflicted. Give me life, O Lord, according to your word. You know, that word is going to keep us from that, that day. You think about First Peter. Peter dealt with the, uh, the sufferings and the trials, you know, being more precious than gold, though perishing. And uh, you're right, a lot of people are looking for an easy road. There's an old hymn, and I like old hymns. I listen to that a lot. And uh, there's an old hymn that talks about do we go up on flowery beds of ease, you know, and all that. And, and uh, you know, a lot of times we think that this is a, an easy route, and and like you said, there's a lot of preaching and a lot of a lot of even TV uh, identities are saying uh, it's a it's a power of uh, of uh, positive thinking. Think right, you're going to live right, you're going to mm-hmm. do right, you're going to be successful. And and Peter began to deal with that a little bit. You know that there's going to come that suffering time in life, but yet even through all that suffering time, we can look back to the truth. Yeah, and. Uh, I like Peter. Peter, he's about like me. He sticks his mouth in his foot, or his foot in his mouth. Yeah. You can edit that. He sticks his foot in his mouth, yep. and uh, he does. and uh, he 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 jumps ahead of himself uh, in thinking. But anyway, uh, he thinking about the truth, 
and and he, he said, sanctify them through truth, even though the suffering comes and all that, we find that we can be set through free by the truth. Amen. That, yeah. And I'm glad that uh, he said that we shall know the truth, and the truth will set us free. Yeah. The thing about Peter over there, I like what he says. He says, look, if you'll add to your faith virtue and knowledge and mm-hmm. all these things, if you'll do these things, which is the word, if mm-hmm. you're seeking him and trying to become like him, if you'll do these things, he says, you will not stumble. Will not stumble. You will not stumble. And that, and that's that's the biggest thing. I think a lot of times uh, people give their life to the Lord and they're trying to live right, and and the, and they, they don't really release who they are to him. I know there's times I don't release myself to him, and I'll be walking in my own strength. And then I'll just stumble. But the minute that I reset and and I renew my visions of the Lord and and re, and renew my heart to His uh, statues and His attributes, that's when I don't stumble. That's when He's feeding and He and He's growing and He's pushing you and and He's just turning you into who He is. We're becoming into His image. Okay, but how does that happen? How does that happen? And I know that the Bible says, "Be not conformed to this world." but be ye transformed by the renewing of your minds. When we get saved, the old things have passed away. All things have been made new. We are a new creation in Christ. But does that mean when we get saved, all of our problems go away? All of our old desires are just go away? Paul, what happens in our life when we accept Christ when we make a decision to follow Jesus, when we pick up the cross and deny ourselves, and I'm trying to lead you to that passage in Hebrews chapter 12. <laughs> That's where I'm trying to lead you right here. Okay. Are you picking up what I'm putting I'm down? I'm picking up what you're putting down. So what begins to happen, we have to face adversity. We have to face trials and challenges. And Anthony, I think you said that the trial of your faith is much more precious than that of what? Gold. Now, how is gold purified? You just wash it real good? Fire. Gold is purified mm-hmm. in the fire. Mm-hmm. Yes. All of those impurities are revealed in the fire. Let me ask you guys something. Is the fire fun? No. No. Oh, boy. I know that that's when I doubt God the most. Lord, are you with me? Yeah. God, how how did I get here? <laughs> you know, in the fire, that's where you start squirming. In the fire, that's where you start getting nervous. In the fire, that's where you start finger pointing. But it's in the fire that I found that I can rely on God. So, Paul, I, what was I trying to get at? Hebrews chapter 12, verse number 10. Listen, we're, we're born again. We're saved. We're going to heaven. And then all hell breaks loose in your life. From, from time to time. There's a season of, of trial. There's a season of joy. You know, there's a season for everything. But that season of trial and discipline and, and you know, just scraping the dross off of us to make us more in his image, that's painful. He says, for they discipline us. This is Hebrews 12.10. For they discipline us for a short time, talking about our earthly fathers, as it seemed best to them. But he, talking about God, disciplines us for our good that we may share his holiness that we may become like him. Listen, for the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness, right standing with him, salvation, to be with him where he is and to be how he is and and to mirror his image to those who have been trained by it. Bottom line, he's 
He's forming us. He's making us. You know, 30, 30 years ago when, when he stood in that chair and he thundered the gospel and the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit, I wasn't ready for it, but it planted a seed in me that just kept kept coming, trying to trying to dig out of the earth because I was dead. I was dead in myself. You know, I let my Adam man reign supreme in who I was. The spirit of God is alive in every man and is just looking to come forth and, and, and just blossom and bloom and to bring people to him, to bring all men unto him. And and if we'll just surrender to that spirit that teaches us, we'll we'll be able to get through the discipline. We'll be able to know that it's for our good and not for our bad. And we'll be able to stand and not walk away. And we'll be able to say, hey, you've sanctified me in your word. Your word is truth. Going back just a little bit. He talks about, you know, how do we live this out? You know, a lot of times, you know, we we're, can can get very vague. I've tried to over the years to be uh, a practical preacher and a Bible preacher uh, where people can understand what uh, the Word's saying. And I know that, uh, as, as you know, the Holy Ghost has been given unto us. He indwells us and He teaches us. But He's also given us some tools in life that we can go uh, live this Christian life. You know, He's given us prayer and thank God for prayer. We have that direct communication with the Lord, and uh, that helps us with the truth. Amen. And uh, by the way, uh, the Word and the Spirit never uh, disagree with one another. No, you're right. That's true. There's unity there. Well, I feel like the Holy Spirit led me this way, but it's against the Bible. You can forget it. Amen. That's not truth whatsoever. Amen. (laughs) And. and uh, he, I'm glad he gave us the word. Amen. Yeah. I know he said Jesus Christ is the word manifest, and he came down and incarnated word. Uh, so uh, the scriptures is the Lord. Amen. And he is truth, and this this Bible is truth. That regardless of what the world thinks about it, uh, the Bible is true. And we have prayer, and uh, thank God for for preaching. I know a lot of times preachers are looked down upon, but I'm glad we do have preachers. Yeah, how about here? Yeah. How are they here without a preacher? Yep. And so preachers that are called by God, that are sent with God, got the Holy Ghost seal of approval on their life, they're preaching truth. And I'm glad that uh, uh, we can minister the truth to, to the world. Now, it's up to them to receive it. Yeah. You know, it ain't my calling to bring the increase, if you will, or try to uh, persuade everybody in the world. My calling is just to be faithful in preaching the gospel. It's the Lord that's going to do the increasing. Amen. And yep. he's going to make the truth alive in them. It's not my duty to uh, give them, make them know the truth. Yes. All I do is present the truth. It's the Lord through the spiritual work. I didn't have an idea that Brother Paul was going to have a, a spiritual awakening that day with the Lord or that God was going to do a work in his heart. No, I just, I just. You're just obedient. Like, obedient. Yeah. 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 I mean, like that day you planted mm-hmm. and somebody else watered, but God yeah. awakens. He gives he, the increase. He gives the increase. You know, and, uh, and I think too many times we try to put our hand to the plow and make something happen. And I think on our second podcast we had here, uh, Brother Richard Parker, he made a statement and said, hey, listen, I was preaching uh, harsh from the pulpit. I was preaching to try to make people change. But we can do till we're blue in the face, and we can't change anybody unless the Spirit of God breaks the yoke. Nothing's going to happen. And that's in his word. I've I done a lot of street preaching when I first started. Uh, got called to preach, and we was in Athens, Tennessee. And and back then I was the same way. I'd see these individuals, you know, that that 
just perverted. I mean, you could tell that. <laughs> you could say, man, if anybody needs God, they need God. God, yeah. they need change, you know. And uh, I know we'll forget the day, though. I was, I wasn't preaching. Another couple preachers were preaching, and I was kind of standing back, and I was watching the crowd, and I'd see these individuals, and I began not to see necessarily people that were so wicked, you know, uh, people that, that just so out of tune with God is more as I begin to see souls there that needed the Lord. That's big, Anthony. And uh, that that changed my whole outlook of preaching, yeah. you know, more than just, oh, they're in sin and they need to re- repent and turn to God because they're wicked and they need God, you know. <laughs> but now there's a soul there that's going to hell and without Christ. He they <laughs> That does something for that's you good, right there, man. amen. Yes. And... Uh, that then you begin to tell the truth, not to the fact that you're trying to change them, but you tell them the truth uh, and and give them the word because they're a soul that needs Jesus Christ yes. in their life. Anthony, let me ask you this question. So I know a lot of preachers who have been called. We talked about this with Brother Jamie and Brother Dennis yeah. about preaching versus pastoring. Mm-hmm. We have preachers that have been called, but they are waiting for an opportunity to preach from the pulpit. Is that how it works? Do you just get a sermon when another pastor asks you and you have the date scheduled so you prepare a sermon? Is that when your sermons come? Is that when you get to preach? You was talking about street preaching. Yes. (laughs) You know, and I think a lot of times we just have preachers who just, well, I'm going to wait for the pastor to ask me to preach and then I'll prepare something. If you've been called to preach, that's not a switch that you can just flip on and off. That's true. Right, right. Yeah. When God puts the word in you, you're going to share it. <laughs> yep. When when I started uh, preaching, I took every opportunity I could have. Before I announced my call to preach, I'd tell God, you got the wrong man. You need to call somebody else, you know. And, I love it. Uh, uh, I'd find myself up at the barn feeding the cows, preaching to the side of the barn, you know. <laughs> Uh, go go hunt and be preaching to the dogs, you know. <laughs> but uh, I took every opportunity. I had a radio broadcast. Lord allowed us to be on the radio, and He funded that. Thank the Lord. Well, I preached at two two different nursing homes, uh, street preaching, uh, opportunities at church. Wherever God opened the door, and I was able to preach, I was preaching. I, you know, and sometimes it's spontaneous. We'd be in, I'd we'd be on this somewhere talking just. God just lay something preaching. I'd be sometimes we'd be in meetings somewhere in a church, and God just move, and I'd find myself jumped up preaching somewhere. You know, I think that's something that our young preachers could learn from. Guys, I started preaching at the age of sixteen, and I was very blessed to preach almost every week somewhere throughout high school. I mean, I got to travel and evangelize. It was amazing. When you're called to preach, there's a battle to stay in the truth. Yeah, mm-hmm. There's a battle to stay in the word. I can remember on Sundays when my dad and my brother was watching NASCAR racing, I'd be up in my bedroom studying. And guys, I there was a little bit of me that kind of got upset because I didn't get to spend some of those Sunday afternoons with my dad. I didn't get to spend some of those Sunday afternoons just being a normal, regular kid. I'm preparing for a sermon, but you know what? God sanctified me through that. Yeah, God allowed me to draw closer to him through that. And by 
by allowing the Lord to sanctify me, I was able to share the truth of the yeah. gospel. And I was blessed to preach with many opportunities. And, and that's so, so don't, don't wait for man to call you. When you have the opportunity to share or there's a sermon on your heart, you've got to preach. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Hey, Paul, after a long day of work, you're tired, Heather's tired, or maybe even after church on Sunday afternoon. Everybody's got to eat. So where are you going? I'm going down to see Juan and the family at Senor Lopez, 105 Mecca Pike, Teleco Plains, Tennessee, where the food is fresh and the family is welcome. Come home for dinner at Senor Lopez. Uh, guys, I want to get back to this um, little passage right here that we talked about, Paul, about being sanctified. The the trials, knowing that the trial of your faith being much more precious than that of gold, those trials draw us closer to the Lord. And there's a something out of Proverbs chapter 19, verse number 18. And you keep reading through uh, that. Proverbs chapter 12 there, and he starts talking about the chastening of a son. Verse number 18 of Proverbs 19. Chasten thy son while there is hope, and let not thy soul spare for his crying. Mm. I'm having to do that right now with my son. He's been talking back to his mom. In this past year, he decided to take off for the fourth nine weeks and failed a lot of his classes. He's had some discipline issues at school and I've had to chasten him and he'll just cry on me and it breaks my heart as a father. But when I read something like this, while there's still hope, mm. while there's still hope, right. while he's still tender, I've got to chasten him. And it's my responsibility to chasten him and correct him out of love. If I do it out of hate and bitterness and, and, and anger, it won't work. But if I chasten him out of love and correct him and discipline him out of love and pray for him and show him the path of, of God and the path of righteousness, God's word won't return void. And I'm going to train him up in the way that he should go so that when he's old, he won't depart from it. And you know what, guys? There are times in our lives that we just get spiritually hardened on the Lord. We just get spiritually hardened on God. I pray that I, that that would never be me, that I would always be sensitive unto the Lord to realize that the sufferings of this life are not worthy to be compared to the glory yeah. that awaits us. And realizing this, I got this quote from Tony Evans, suffering is God's invitation to draw us closer to him. When we go through periods of suffering, and Paul, that's what you reiterated there in Hebrews chapter 12. When we go through periods of suffering, when we go through periods of chastisement, when we go through periods of hardships or difficulties, God is inviting us to draw our focus off the world and more onto him. Would you agree with that, Anthony? Yeah, I agree with that. There, there's... Paul talked about that in Philippians when he said, you know, the fellowship of his suffering. And that I might know him. That I might know him. Ooh, gosh, that's good. <laughs> and 
would you agree with me that Paul knew the Lord? I mean, he he, no he personally heard his voice from heaven. You oh know? yeah, I, I am I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. You know, so he he had he heard the voice. He he was led by the Lord. I mean, everywhere he went, to, uh, the Lord was directing him through the angels and visions and revelations. Uh, but yet, Paul said, "I want to know him." Yeah. In the fellowship of his suffering, yep. And so there's a deeper there's a deeper relationship. That I believe a lot of people that uh, suffer through this life has a deeper relationship with the Lord than a lot of people that's never had the suffering. There's a lot of people that's you know that's never suffered uh, uh, through cancer. I mean, you you talk to some people that's went through cancer and how that they've relied on the Lord and and uh, the doctors. I've known people said there's no hope, and all their re- hope was in the Lord mm. and in His truth, and and it's it's helped them to have that close relationship with the Lord that a lot of people don't have. I was find, trying to find a way how to fit this in, Anthony, and you brought up that word revelation. Yeah. So I want to take a little spin right here on the word of truth, something that we're hearing a lot of in today's world. We even talked about this a little bit with Dennis and Jamie previous episode about the word of prophecy mm-hmm. and new revelation. What are your thoughts on when somebody says, I've got a new word from the Lord or I've got a new revelation or they're trying to pitch it like God has spoken to them yeah. right. and nobody else. You you read uh, revelation there and uh, as brother John concluded that and he said, amen. God closed the the prophetic and the revelations uh, to all generations right then. And uh, we have everything we need completed. Uh, when, when the apostles were gone, and uh, when I read about the apostles, I know their credentials and what they were. And according to the Bible, there's no apostles today. But yet we've got people that jump up and say, I'm an apostle and I've got a prophetic revelation now. Uh, you have it in the Mormon Church with with their apostles, and so you got it in the Catholic Church with the Pope saying, "I can give you new revelations and truths, and I can change the truth." And so it's not just necessarily in the what we'd call uh, Christian mainstream uh, denominations. It's even some of those that are out there, what we would call an occult, uh, that are saying, "You know, hey, we've got a we've got a new revelation and prophecy from God," and uh, God said, "We've." I've give you everything you need. Yeah. I think that's important for us yeah. to realize right. that the word of truth, God's word, lo, I come in the volume of a book. book. What do he say in John chapter one? In the beginning was the, the word was the word mm-hmm. and the word was made flesh mm-hmm. and it dwelled among us. So the word truth, Jesus Christ is the word of truth. We have everything that we need yes. in the word of God. And even over here in, Second Peter chapter one, verse 20, he says, knowing this first, that no prophecy of scripture is of any private interpretation. I would be very cautious to listen to anybody who says that they have a new revelation from God. Something that I'm hearing, you hear people talking about dreams, right? And how God has given them a dream. Every time I hear that, it's just like inside I go, Oh, because I just, it makes me nervous. Now, granted, some of the, some of the things that the, that happens, you know, it's like, okay, does that align with scripture? I mean, I guess that kind of, but I mean, I'm 
seasoned in the word. And I can filter a lot of that stuff through scripture. But you, we've got to be very careful when, when any prophet, minister of the gospel, preacher, teacher, anybody speaks about a new revelation, we must always take it back to the word of God, to the word of truth, mm-hmm. knowing that no prophecy is of private interpretation. If we can't line it up with scripture, then it's dangerous. It's not of God. Yeah, right. I think the 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 misconception with the dreams and, and things like that is, you know, God speaks to us personally. I, I shared with you, I had a dream a couple of weeks ago about me and my wife, you know, about the door flinging open and, and all that. And if you have a dream or something like that, because the Bible says, you know, young men will, or old men will see dream, have visions and young men will dream dreams somewhere in there. I, I remember that, but uh, in the, in the latter days, um, I think it speaks to you personally. If you have that dream or if you have something like that. And, and I don't think that, Hey, you know, when, when the Lord gave me that dream about, the spirit kicking our, my door down and swirling around a ceiling fan until me and my wife grabbed hands and said, in the name of Jesus, get out of here. It wouldn't leave until we agreed, you know, and that was the Lord saying, Hey, you and your wife need to get together. It's not some new revelation. I'm going, Hey, the demon opened the door and blah, blah, blah. You got to do this. And you got to do that. No, that's for me. That's kind of what I want to get at. Paul is when people speak about a new revelation, that's dangerous. But I think what's happening is it's not a new revelation, but God is revealing things. Yes. The Muslim world. Uh, I've been reading a, r- reading reports about uh, people that are Muslims in these areas where they're killing Christians, so there's no real, far as public witness for the truth, yet I'm hearing accounts of where people are having dreams about Jesus Christ, and then they're trying to go and seek out somebody to tell them about Jesus Christ, and it's all through a dream that the Lord has sent them. Yeah. Yeah, so Which, it's a personal. Yeah. There you go again. It's personal to lead them to the truth. Yes, I agree with that yeah. 100%. Yeah. Which, again, you know, that is in mm-hmm. alignment with Scripture mm-hmm. there. Is that Acts chapter 10? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was, it was Acts chapter 10. Yeah. Um, Cornelius had a dream, and they sent for Peter. And I actually got to preach in Caesarea, guys. Oh, yeah. That's yeah, cool. I got to preach in Caesarea. He saw a vision, and they called for Peter. But Peter was also, as it says here, in a, in a trance. Peter was hungry, and he started seeing, of course, you know, Levit- Levitical code. There was clean and unclean animals. Peter starts seeing clean animals coming down from heaven. And then he starts seeing unclean animals. And God told him, he said, rise, Peter, kill and eat. And Peter said, Lord, I've never eaten anything that is common or unclean. And the Lord said, what God has cleansed, that call not thou common or unclean. What God was revealing right there to Peter through this vision, and this hadn't happened before. This This was a new revelation for him. But again, we have it in the Word of God, so therefore it's you know it's justifiable. He was saying, Peter, it's time to preach the gospel unto the Gentiles, not just unto the Jews, but now unto the Gentiles. Mm-hmm. And so when the servant of Cornelius comes, Peter goes with him, and Peter preaches the gospel to them. And then what happens? They begin to speak in tongues as confirmation of the Holy Ghost, and 
Peter is just blown away by what happened there. But like I said, I, I'm I'm leery now when I start hearing about new revelation. I feel like that's a that's that's a dangerous thing. But for God to reveal something has happened to me many times. I wasn't ready for something to be revealed. And I had to go through some trials. I had to go through some tribulations. I had to go through some challenges. Once I got to that point, then God revealed to me the mystery or God revealed his purpose or his plan. So guys, let's try to let's try to wrap it up here. We've been going for for a good while here. Just going to let you guys give me some closing thoughts here on the word of truth. Anthony, you want to go first? Well, to sum it all up, I, I could say that we uh, we just need to uh, take God at his word. Uh, when you think about uh, Isaac, when uh, Jacob come in to deceive him, he uh, put the skins on, he'd put the clothes on, and Isaac went by his smell, he went by his touch, but he didn't go by what he heard. And uh, he would have been a whole lot better off if he'd went by with what he heard. <laughs> yeah. Amen. And so what we hear and when we hear the truth and and uh, and hear his voice, we need to follow him. I think I want to touch on this before we end. Going back to the, the new revelation and stuff, <clears throat> it's easy to convince people that there's something new and something fresh because people are bored, people are stagnant. And they're bored and they're stagnant because they're not in the word. They're bored and they're stagnant because they're not seeking the truth. They're not walking in the truth. They're not living in the truth. Listen, we believe because someone else believed and testified. We should honor our Savior by presenting who he is, which is the word, in an authoritative love that's able to be trusted and being accurate and true. That means we are reliable in who he is and what he is. Then people are likely to respect and obey him because his spirit commands your release as your heart submits to the truth. I believe that with everything in me. His spirit commands your release as your heart submits to the truth. Bottom line. <laughs> and he will wash us. You know, uh, Ephesians five twenty five through 27. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he may sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of the water with the word. Why do we got to be washed in the word? Listen, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or in any such thing that she might be holy and without blemish. That's why he said, sanctify them in your word. Your word is truth. You know, in 2 Timothy chapter 4, the apostle Paul said, the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lust, they shall heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth. truth. Shall be turned into fables. Paul, you said it perfectly. We all the time looking for something new, something fresh. You know, the Bible says his mercies are new every morning. When you fall in love with Christ, God's going to take you on the most amazing journey. And people are like, well, I just don't understand the Bible when I read it. There are translations now every way in the world that you can, can, that you can think of. 
it'll even well i'm just not a good reader the, there's like i've got a bible app right now it'll read to you there's no excuse why we should not be plugged into the bible what it all boils down to is do you want to be a follower of christ and if you want to be a follower of christ then you'll get into the word of God. You won't wait for the preacher to tell you on Sunday. You won't wait for somebody else to tell you. I mean, this podcast is great, but this podcast is kind of like the side dish. This is not the main course. Mm. The main course is the word of God. Get in the word of God. Get rooted and grounded in the word of truth, the word of God. We have a society or a culture, and I'm thinking of several false prophets right now. I'm not going to give him a shout out because I, I know some of you guys out there are listening. You'll, you'll go out there and want to, well, what's Roman talking about? But there are many false prophets right now that are deceiving the church. Mm-hmm. They're on YouTube. And sometimes they're, they've got the largest platform. You see their video clips on Facebook, social media. And I just want to caution people. The Bible says there'll be wolves ravenous wolves that'll come in among the flock and the the bible says paul said if it's even possible they'll even deceive the very elect how are they going to deceive them with a lie but like you said what satan did in the garden it was just a there was some truth but he just created a little bit of doubt and paul gosh you said it perfectly we're, we're all the time looking for something new and a new revelation that's dangerous. But just because what God has revealed to me, that doesn't make that a new revelation. That just means I finally got to the point that I could see God's plan. Mm. Okay? And all things will be revealed unto us through the word. So, uh, Paul, closing thoughts. Why don't you wrap us up here? Well, I want to thank Anthony for coming today. It's been uh, it's been good. It's been fun. It's been a blessing. Uh, if you're in the Athens area, come see him at Teleco Avenue. And uh, you'll you'll get a sound doctrine and the washing of the word. I promise you. I just want to say this in closing. The steadfast love of God, the unmovable, the unwaverable, the dutifully firm, steadfast love of God, you will only find in the washing of the word. Folks, that's going to do it for us. We want to thank you for tuning in to the word of truth. It's been Truth Revival. For Paul Chapman, Brother Anthony, I'm Roman Hamilton. We're out of here. That'll do it, boys. My phone was blowing up. Mine was too. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, thank you, Anthony. Coming in and join us, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. That microphone. That thing. It didn't fall this time, though. Amen. (laughs)